What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 311. On this episode, I'm joined by Tippy. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, names, early music life, music talk, alcoholism, more music talk, Philly sports, North Carolina, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first thing we get to on these goddamn Wednesday episodes is our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcastmo. You go to that glorious website, you give a dollar more a month, and then it's all of a sudden you're getting email. You're getting email saying you get the episode early. You click it, you get a private SoundCloud link. Don't be fucking sharing it, forgotten one. Um, and then, yeah, you get to listen to that shit early. It's pretty cool. And uh, if you give enough, you can be a co-producer, like my mother, uh, Marshall the Darwin Initiative Bear, Graveyard Entertainment, it's your boy h2.com and for the month of october at least we got hexel joining us as well uh so we appreciate all of them keeping the podcast up afloat uh you know not having to steal money from my family's uh cupboards to support the show you know y'all are the real mvps all right we also have a merch shop it's like shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast mo you go there get your podcast shirt wear it around people are like what the fuck are you wearing you're like just underground podcast bro we're from the fucking underground you know really hop it up just really hop it up and then let them be disappointed but uh you know we we appreciate everyone who gets a shirt as well or a hat you know we got all kinds of products so go check that out um all right this week uh we are calling i had a plan to call this other artist out of oklahoma but she has literally not responded to a dm in three weeks after setting it up so i just had a feeling she's not going to make it tomorrow but maybe someday we'll see and um so I hit up somebody yesterday. I was like, hey, I need a, someone to call in. And this was, uh, I think, a decent one. His name is, uh, I call him Tippy. We're going to see what we call him, but I call him Tippy typically in my head. Now, I've talked about this many a times, but I used to rap a long time ago from like 2009 to 2011, uh, like 2012, something around there. Uh, I was putting out some mixtapes. So I knew him back then. And uh, I think like 2011-ish was whenever we... Uh, came across each other on the internet. We fucked around on this internet radio website. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, and we were real cool, you know, and I don't have much contact with people from that time of my internet life. Uh, but this is one and he bought a beat off me and he has a song coming out. And so I was like, you know, let's get him on the fucking podcast. You know, we're, uh, got to show him love here. So anyway, let's uh, call Tippy. Uh, so, um, what, what should we call? I explained on this little intro about you that we knew each other like 10 years ago or so, and we'll totally get into that, but I kind of call you Tippy in my head, but like, what do you want people to call you? Uh, Tippy. Tippy has been my nickname since I was about 10 years old, so that's something that I've always answered to. Uh, my family, though, calls me Harry, and the kicker of it all is my real name is Henry. Right. <laughs> so like it's confusing but uh i mean harry or tippy i've always answered to uh you know tippy's usually more of a nickname thing how how do you get harry as a nickname from henry dude if i knew that answer <laughs> or if you even find that answer for me let me know i you know I, i've heard of hank you know hammer and hank you know shit like that for henry but never harry but my family is far from normal that's why i'm a mess <laughs> hell yeah uh i mean i think it's crazy that like everyone in my life calls me mo um you know they like actually knows me and when i was born my last name was not Mosier, which is the reason people call me mo so my last name is Mosier. and so like right. the first six years of my life my last name was harrington and so i always am like oh i guess if like i kept that people probably would have called me harry eventually because it was harrington. oh shit and so yeah that's kind of funny <laughs> and it's weird it's like my whole personality feels like it's built around this name mo you know like right right yeah i couldn't imagine calling you anything else because i've never called you anything else except for a to the mo <laughs> right and so it's weird how uh i mean i don't think names matter but they kind of do you know they kind of affect you so. yeah oh they definitely do it's your it's your identity man yeah uh so, makes a difference yeah, I kind of like I briefly touched on we uh, came in contact through this radio, internet radio show thing called SDB Radio too, for Strictly Down to Business. And it was out of San Diego, California, if I remember correctly. And uh, yep. 
the homie demonic is really the one who hosted it now there was someone else in his group named knocked but he wasn't around nearly as much and demonic was always on there i mean every tuesday and thursday i would get on my computer you know i mean i'm, I'm in college like i have friends like at parties and like really doing shit and i'm like guys i'll be there in like an hour i gotta listen to this internet radio show i'll just be <laughs> fucking listening to it uh you know and trying to support everybody we'd make songs and send it in and it was like I mean, it's the whole reason I make collaboration albums now and, and I have a podcast the way I do now doing music reviews is to kind of keep the spirit of that alive, you know, because it was some of my most fun yeah. times. It was for me, too. Like, it's funny. It was like our own little community. Like, it was it was dope. Um, I mean, I wish it was bigger than it was, but, you know, it is what it is. It was such a dope little community, though. Like, you, we all got together to to play our new shit and constructive criticism uh you know talk bullshit talk trash to each other talk about whatever we wanted but then also get to know one another and even get a little like you know email back and forth hey i'm, I'm working on this song uh would you want to be willing to jump on this verse would you want to do this you know and over time it became like like you said it was funny like you know you're in college you could have been going to a party i mean i was past the college point but even so, my friends were out partying. I'm like, ah, I got to wrap it up for the night. I'm getting ready. <laughs> you know, like I would get sucked in. And the next thing you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, shit. Like I sat on SDB radio all night. Right. But and it was a, it was cool. It was a good time. It was a good time for sure. Hell yeah. I, I had a lot of fun. And I talked about uh, with you the other day that I, I kind of keep in touch with EJ. And that's about it from that era. You know, that time period. He called in this podcast once. Um and he was going to again, but then he got arrested for something. And then, I don't know, we just never scheduled a second one for him to come on. But I like EJ all the time because he was like the first like good rapper that like yeah. wanted me on one of his songs. You know, him and yeah. Supata. Supata was another one that like people in this weird sound click community that I was involved in. <laughs> they were like the big deals. And they like gave me a lot of cred by being like, oh, yeah, jump on this song or whatever to other people. Which is stupid, I know, as it sounds to people right now, that's like, none of that mattered. But, like, in this weird niche internet corner, it did matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't sound weird to me, but I guess because I was part of that world. Um, so maybe it doesn't. I, I EJ, though, I mean, me and him, it's easy. We have a Philadelphia connection. You know, we're both from Philly. But I, I agree. Like, EJ was the first artist that I heard, and I was like, oh, this guy's good. And I was like, damn, I would like to do a song with him, you know? So I, I agree. Like, the fact that he wanted to do a song with me, I actually felt the same way. It was kind of like, a, not honored, but there was a respect there, you know? Like, right. I don't know. And um, EJ was def definitely, I'm sad to hear that I tried to reach out to him as well, and he's done rapids. Oh, there's my dog. EJ, the, my favorite memory, you're just thinking of him real quick, is he done like the BET Cypher beat back in the day and then like a bunch of people try to do a verse for it. And then I got like the last spot, which to me was like the best spot. And I was like, oh, yes, I got the last spot of this fucking BET Cypher. I was so pumped. It's like that uh, save the best for last type of deal, you know? Right. And it, wait, how did I never hear this? I don't think I ever heard this. Uh, yeah, this would probably have been like a, a year before I probably met you, you know, on the Internet. Um, I'll oh, send okay. it to you. It's it's super old. I think we played on EJ's episode. I think I just played a bunch of our old songs. Um, because I was like, "Fuck it, why not?" But there, I definitely get cringy about listening to some of my old music. Whereas it, I, I hear you. I get me it. Too. Like, there's part of me that is very proud of it, and I'm like, "Man, I was fucking spinning some bars." But there's another part of me that it's just cringy because it's like uh -huh. maybe it wasn't like super honest, or I'm just not that person now. So it's like, oh, I can't believe that's what I said, yeah. you know, or something. But. I, I, I do like, that too. I was spitting, you know. <laughs> but it's the, the best is like, it depends on who you're around too. Like, I'm around my wife and then I play a song from 10 years ago and, and I'm like, well, that bitch is it. And I'm like, oh, um, that's not me no more. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not that guy no more. Sorry. Right. Yeah. It, but it is what it is. It's kind of, it's funny to go back and listen to some of your stuff and some of it I enjoy. Um, and then some of it, yeah, I get cringy. And speaking of, I don't mean to go off the rails on you. Right, I was good. listening to your album in the car. I'm, I'll get back to that, though. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I actually was going to touch on some of that. On my last album, something I think I've finally been able to pull off, because there's some things you know you're conscious of, and I, I'm i not going to make a song about how like I'm trying to eat the ass of some bitch, you know, or whatever, because like, I am married. <laughs> and so like I'm not going to rap about infidelity or something i don't know that's just not something i'm doing and so like i do i yeah. think i've done a pretty good job in the last album i always reference 
I make the reference my wife, or at least it's realistic to understand it's my wife. Like, you know, like anything I'm saying, that's kind of sexual like that. And I think that is rare because that didn't used to exist in in rap music. And maybe it will, you know, more prevalently now. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of trying to bend the rules a little bit because hip hop is so like machismo and and bravado. And I'm not really that. Like, I'm such a self-deprecating kind of loserish attitude guy that I'm like, I got to find a way to do it my way, you know? No, and I respect the shit out of that. I love that. Um, that's one thing I always liked about you is that you do. You always did mo, like that was it. You know, there's no ifs or buts about it. Mo does mo. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I respected that. You know, and and I agree with you with like bending the rules and because hip hop can can be like uh, it's black and white. There's no gray area. Sometimes you know it's like this is how it's done and that's it. And I mean, I don't agree with that. And even even some of the music that comes out, and I'm like, oh, that's not hip hop, or that's not right, you know. But I I still have to respect what they tried or what they're going for, or things like that. And going on your album, I was just listening to it in the car, and that's one thing I was thinking of. Like, I love how you you go from things like you have no fear to be silly but honest at the same time, and keep your true self on that track. If that makes sense to me, like. I think I'm pretty good you at being stay uh, vulnerable, I think, which is what makes it hard to listen to around people I know. Yeah, and I'm used to that, too. I'm a vulnerable type of rapper because I use it for therapy. So I'll tell you how I fucked up my life last week, you know. But <laughs> in your shit, in your shit, you know, you get goofy, but it's funny because it's not like over the top. It's still you're still staying true to yourself. And then when I sit there and think about the fact that you actually produced it and mixed it and did everything else, I'm like, this guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> It took a long time. I will say that uh, to get to this level. Uh, And I'm not saying like I'm great or whatever, but I do know that like um, right now, if I go on Spotify and one of my songs comes on and then like a mainstream song comes on, it's not exactly the same, but it's not so far off that you're like, this mixing is horrible. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it it works well enough. And that took a while to get to. And, uh, you know, I've been actually my next project comes out on Christmas Eve and I'm remaking my first. Uh, album that I self-produced that came out three years ago and like I mean my snares like for producers y'all will know that like if it's a boom bat beat you know some underneath 100 bpm you're gonna have a snare on the one and three every time and then if it's like over 100 you're gonna have it on the two and the four in general that's like a generalized rule and I will go back there and I'm like I don't even have snares on half of the beats like <laughs> and like the, like nothing is laid out the way it should be and I'm like what was I doing but it's uh, you got crap before you walk though Right. For sure. So it's like I have come a long way, but uh, it's also like so much. I don't say pressure. It's just like um, I've been doing the podcast for so long as well. And just it's all a grind, you know, so it kind of feels like you're always just doing the same. It's so mundane, you know, I was getting ready to say it becomes a little monotonous. Uh, It's it's I mean, yeah, I can imagine. So, I mean, especially because you do so much like I only do one part of all of that. Um, so, and even that can become a little, you know, like what the fuck, uh, but I've taken so much time off. It doesn't matter right now, but I think like with, with the way you're doing it, like with the producing and the mixing and the podcast, I imagine the podcast is probably the easiest of them all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine. I, I don't think this is too difficult, you know, even doing the editing shit, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how you have enough hours in a day. Yeah. We I don't have kids. So that's, that's a big part. And then I feel that's like I apply this like weird guilt that like I'm in my thirties with no kids. I do have extra time. I should do this. If I'm a real fan of hip hop, I should make a music review show and like showcase other hip hop artists. You know, like yeah. know, there's like some weird uh, driving me to do this. And okay. the, the podcast is easier. Like say like, you know, you want to call in and talk about your music and shit, but like some people like they call in and they expect me to like really interview them. And I'm like, oh, no, that's ain't how this works. And, like, it's not a very good episode. No, fuck that. Or, like... No, let's uh, just have a conversation. Like, you know, my Monday episodes are good. Like, I think they've been really good lately. But there are certain weeks that it's like there's just nothing to talk about, you know? And so it's maybe not, like, the easiest. Uh, beats are the easiest thing, like, when I'm in a groove to just sit down. And like, I mean, I could crank out a bunch of beats in a day. But I just... I took a break from that when I was finishing my album and I'm so slow right now with doing stuff. I'm just so rusty. And, like, <laughs> everything sounds so simple you know like all my beats are like ah, i need to do more but then again i don't want to and so maybe i'm just on a new wave we'll see well you know what though like that's part of the reason why i said something to you i i had uh emailed you or messaged you about that beat i said man what about heavier bass 
And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, if he messes with that, maybe he'll get back into wanting to make a beat. Right. <laughs> I was thinking that in the back of my mind. I tried to trick you a little bit, but uh, I guess it didn't work. Uh, well, this morning, actually, yeah. of us recording, I uploaded all a beat to come out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday in November. And so I had some, you know, ready like in the in this like standby stage where I had to make the vid the finalize finalize mixing and make videos for them and all that, um, and then I upload them. Like it's that's all the like secretarial work that's like annoying, right? And so like yeah, that's that's annoying shit. Exactly that. And so I got that out of the way, so that's all good to go for November. I have a album coming out in December, so I'm like maybe now I can kind of focus on some beats. Damn. Well, if you do all that, so you got November, you got December. How the hell are you gonna what are you gonna do to kick off the new year? I mean, what's well, my birthday? It's January. So <laughs> you go on. Like you go on tour. Uh, I mean, that'd be dope. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, that's a, it. Sounds like that's the next step. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, because you know, we're talking too much about me here. Uh, so you right. used to rap forever. You know, back in the day in Philly, and uh, yeah. me and you have an old song together. I'm. It might be on my SoundCloud. If not, I can always upload it. You know, that's what I do on SoundCloud. Upload old shit. Um, yeah. We have a song called Sick and Tired, which we may try to remake. Who knows? Um, I'm in the I, remake I, mode these days. I would enjoy that because I ruined that song. And uh, yeah, you you heard it. We're like, oh, yeah, you weren't feeling it. I I <laughs> think it's um a fun. I have a lot of old songs where I'm like, oh, you can see where I, I'm going. Like as in even now, like how that influenced this and stuff like that. And right. that song, like I'm just touching on a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, I keep rapping about that years later, you know, or whatever. So that was like the infancy of me trying to sing because I can't fucking sing, but it's like this halfway <laughs> trying to sing shit. No, yeah, that's all what every rapper does. They they do a half sing. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And um, yeah, so we, we we made songs back then. You took a break. I took a five year break at one point in time before I came back. I don't know how long it's been for you since you took off. Uh, but now you're coming back. Yeah, it's been like eight to ten years, something like that. Well, hell yeah, and it's not like you're gonna come <laughs> back. Like you've already made a song, so like, and I think it's already yeah. gonna be out by the time this episode comes out so that's uh yeah song comes out at midnight i imagine right and the 16th yep. so yeah it'll be out and then uh, i just left the studio i just got home from recording another song um it's not finished yet he has to you know adjust levels and edit it a little bit um and then he'll send it to me it won't be like a final master Right. But uh, he can master it, but also like when I go to put it for if I go to put it for distribution or anything, they they kind of master it. I don't know how that auto master thing works though. Like, eh, I don't know. Right? Okay. Yeah, because you you're using United Masters, which I've heard great things about. I just haven't ever used them, and I think they do have some shit like that. Yeah, it's like an automated automated mastering program that that it does it itself. But the problem is, is like I uh, just rhythm and booze. Uh, which, like I said, comes out at midnight. I put that on there to be out and and be distributed, and it did this mastering thing, and I didn't expect that. It threw me off, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, this is interesting." And I grabbed my headphones and I sat down uh, to listen, and it just like whoop, and and just uploaded the song. But then I can never go and listen to it, so I still have no idea what it even sounds like. Right, and I think you sent me a copy <laughs> of the song, so I'll play it at the end here. You know. Um, yeah. Whatever it sounds like, at least the w- version you sent me. Uh, right, right, right. Make sure I have that and all that. But uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's always, um, you know, someone that makes music. When I came back, you know, it was like kind of daunting, you know, it was like, oh, my God, I haven't done anything in so long and or whatever. I don't know. It's just kind of hard to get back into the groove of things. Um, but once you it do, is. I think your brain starts flowing. And I found that lyrically, I was way better when I came back after a big break because I read a lot of book like I never read, you know, as a kid. And uh, I got this weird thing where I started reading some books and stuff. And I think that just really helped me. And I got really into TV shows and just different things to where I just had all these different references and, and words that I wouldn't have used before that are now coming in my head. Yeah. It's, it's funny because um, just that time off, like just experiencing basic things in life, right? Yeah. You develop, uh, like you said, like even just reading, you know, you're developing a larger vocabulary, but you're even, you're going out and you're living life and you're paying attention to current events and it gives you so much more material to work with. So when you go to write, you're, you have much broader things to, to really tap into. And, um, I mean, that makes it easier because that, that is the hardest part, getting back and getting going. But I agree with you. Like once I did, I was like, oh, damn, I, like I've, I think I'm better than I than I was, and but part of that for me is also a sobriety factor too. 
So I'm like, you know, was it the break? Is it the sober part of it? Is it both? And, you know, um, but I don't know, not, not, I guess retaining all this stuff from sitting back on the sidelines and watching over the years. And it's for me, like I said earlier, I use this as a therapeutic type of thing. So all that pent up stress that I've had from sitting on the sidelines and stuff, I guess that's really something that's going to help to drive, get, get me going and get, get a project done. Something not just done, but done how I want it, not how I did it in the past where I just threw stuff together and pushed it out and, you know, fingers crossed. Right. And, and you've told me, you know, uh, before that your wife fully supports all of this, which I think is a big deal. You know, um, I've talked a Huge. little bit on this podcast before how I see people on Twitter um, or other social medias and they'll say how, like, you know, their spouse doesn't support their musically and then everyone's quick to to trash the spouse or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. I just think it's it's deeper than that. You know, a, a lot of these people online, they're not married. They don't. you right. know, And so they're just like, fuck them. But it's like, no, it's. Like you want to be in a place where you can do this and feel comfortable, and then your your significant other is also cool with it. And I don't know how I would handle it if my like wife just was like tell me I was shit all the time. You know, I'm sure that would be horrible. But, uh, <laughs> You're gonna hurt your fucking feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't even show her stuff. The last time she heard me uh, like rap live, I was real bad. And so now I'm like, you can listen to shit when it's on Spotify, like everybody else, but don't be coming in my studio trying to get early listens. <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned sobriety. I didn't realize necessarily that. I mean, who knows? Whenever you're young, you know people are have problems. But so I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. But you had a problem with alcohol. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up in a family of alcoholics. You know, like most kids after school, they went home. I went to a bar. That's where my my, my parents were. My mom, um, you know. So I grew up around it, and they they uh, they passed away when I was young. And, you know, without any proper guidance at all, you know, I became an alcoholic and I didn't realize it until I was too far in, you know, uh, it's, it starts off exactly like that. Like you said, when you're younger, you know, it's just a good time, you're partying and stuff, but then it became more of a coping mechanism and it goes from that to eventually if you continue, you know, your, your body goes full blown dependent and that's when, you know, you can hit your bottom. Like, mentally physically you you just you get to your worst and it's hard to be a um a 30 30 something year old man and try to be a husband and a father and and you know an uncle a brother an artist a, a, a employee anything when you're like that you know you can't be a productive member of society in any form or fashion and i was faking it till i make it for so long it's exhausting you know so uh right now i'm at seven seven months almost eight months i think uh no alcohol um the thing there is like i i feel so much better like already you know and it's a short amount of time i still got plenty of work to do and it's something that in sobriety it's it's never it's never done you know you're just really kind of in remission more so than anything you're not cured so the job's never over i have to work on this every day for the rest of my life to stay sober but part of that can be music and I think that's part of the reason going back to what you you had said before that with my wife and why she's so supportive and she understands how it's important and why. Um, so that's huge, you know, I, but I never even wanted to do the music. And actually about a year or two ago, somebody had reached out to me about a record deal. And I did, I had no intention of doing music. I was drunk as hell. You know, I was a mess and I'm like, nah, you know, and I asked her and she's like, no, that ship sailed. And that was it. But now with me being sober and me getting into it, she's so into it. She's into it more than I am. Like, I got I to gotta calm her down. This freaking dog, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have to, I have to calm her down. Like, all right, chill, you know, I got to make some music and we'll go from there. Like, you know, but at the end of the day, it's amazing. It's incredible to have your significant other support you like that. Like, I, I won't go and say it's my dream. It's not necessarily my dream anymore because now my dream is just to be an amazing dad. That's it, you know? Right. Um, but... Really, I mean, just to have your wife support you in anything that you feel strongly about, you can't ask for more than that, man. That's your partner in life, so. Right. Well, it's great feeling. As far as you mentioned, like, you know, maybe not your dream or whatever, I, I somewhat identify with that. Not that, like, music isn't my dream. Like, it would be a dream scenario if, like, some beats blew up or a song blew right. up or whatever. That'd be exactly great. Exactly that. You know, but exactly. I'm, and, you know, maybe it won't ever happen because I'm not one of these people out there every day. I'm not on TikTok making the videos trying to get you know get seen or whatever because i do have like a normal life and a 40-hour job week or you know mm. and and then i try to like 
to hang out with my wife or whatever. But the way I look at it is with my spare time, I I mean, I do love video games, so I'm not going to act like I don't play those, but I do play them. But I could take like half of that time playing video games and set up. I make music. And then I actually have something to show for it. And there's like this pride. And it's like still using that same sort of like creativity or the I'm just having fun moments in my life. But I'm putting it towards something that like can be concrete that I can see, you know, as opposed to just watching TV or playing video yeah. games or going out, you know, like your case, you would like go out to a bar, drink or something. Um, you know, I've never I never like alcohol has been an issue for me. I was in a fraternity. So I saw a lot of people really fucked up all the time. And I, I enjoyed drinking right. until I was 21 and then, like, my 21st birthday, I done one shot, drank one beer, and was like, I don't know. I'm just not I'm into done. this. <laughs> I don't, like, yeah. it was weird. It's not your thing. It was you weird. Know? It's not your thing. When I was younger, I was a pothead, you know, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't my thing. I mean, but I, I now I do. I have weed prescribed to me. Me too. Doctor. It's great. You know, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, it's but the only way I make it. I do want to touch on something you just said, though, that stood out to me is um, you were saying how, like, you could put in this time to do those things to make yourself heard, put yourself on t- TikTok and do, you know, the secretarial work that's a pain in the ass that I'm trying to learn how to do. It's hard. It's, it, it's too much to do. Right. Um, and I have three kids, you know? Um, but I, I do want to say that I don't give yourself a hard time on that because really like if all you're doing is working and music and working and music, like too much of anything isn't good for you. So you got to find balance and, and you need to decompress. You need to have mindless entertainment, like video games. Shit. I'll never grow out of video games. I'll play them bitches when I'm 80. Right. <laughs> if I'm living that long, but you know, that's important too. You have to decompress. You can't like, cause I personally, especially being new coming back to doing this music stuff, I found myself engulfed in it the other night. And next thing you know, it was late. I was tired. And now I'm irritable. So now I'm, I'm not even the same. I'm tired. I'm irritable. You know, like, not nah, man. Can't be right. doing that. <laughs> and what will happen, you know, eventually is like, you'll send a song to like a review show or something. And then like, they'll hate it. And then all now you're like, how do I murder those people? Yeah. yeah like, right. you know. <laughs> we go fucking next level on them. Like, yeah. Like, how dare they? You know, and that shit ruins your whole freaking, your whole, your whole week. Like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about because I had a, I had somebody try to throw a shot at me on Facebook the other day. Another rapper like, oh, you ain't got bars. And I'm like, what? Like, I'd rather get serious. Like, and then I'm like, man, I'm not in high school. I'm not about to play this little boy. <laughs> I'm, like, no, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, uh, something I keep in mind a lot is uh, every music is so subjective, you know, and everyone says that, of course. And then you're like, yeah, but not really. Cause everyone will love me or like everyone loves Drake or whatever. But the thing is not everyone loves Drake. Not being like, you can't right. name one rapper that everyone loves. Like think of the, well, who you think is like the greatest ever. And there will be half the population, if not more, that's like trash. So like, yeah. I just, I, you can't take it all too seriously. Just find the people that hopefully like your music, you know, and they'll listen to it. And the goal is just to find the most of those people as you can. And then I don't know, make the music you like. I think people do get worried on like they want people that don't like music. They like to like their music, if that makes sense. Right. No, it does. But I, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying about you is that you always do Mo, right? So at the end of the day, always do you like me. I do it for therapy. Like I've said multiple times. So at the end of the day, I'm kind of doing it for me and not for the other person. So the outcome is as long as I'm happy with it, I don't give a shit. You know, so I'm not going to try to please everybody else. And for the record, I'm not a big Drake fan. There's a couple songs, okay, but I'm not really a big Drake fan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but like I, newest album. That's just me. I'm such a Lil Wayne fan no. that I'm always going to have a soft spot for Drake. You know, mm. uh, because of that connection. I get it. And yeah, but there's it. also but there's a lid for every pop. Right. So, but you know, everybody likes you. I don't. I can't respect someone who doesn't write all their own raps. You know, like there is something about. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. seated in me that's like I, when I remember when I found out that Smitty wrote for Diddy and that Mace wrote for Diddy I all of a sudden hated Diddy I was like fuck that <laughs> yeah because it's 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 disrespectful to the art yeah I agree it's disrespectful to the art and it, like I think so because I, I could I wouldn't even let somebody write something that I was you know unless they're saying it like <laughs> if you're gonna say that part fine but I guess Diddy now that I'm older and I, I make beats and stuff Diddy's a producer, and so if someone wrote him a verse, I get it. Kind of like Dr. Dre. Jay-Z wrote some verses uh, for Dr. Dre. 
Um, I think he wrote Still Dre or one of those songs. And it's like, well, that's cool. I get it. You know, Dr. Dre was producing. He wasn't in rapper mode. But there's still me. I would never. You know, I'm like, oh, no. If it was me, I want to write it. Yeah. And then, well, and you have some people that are just, they're above they're above um, any kind of criticism. So if it's like, if it's Dr. Dre, you're like, well, like you said, you know, he got a pass because right. it's Dre, you know, there's some people, but I mean, even in my head with them, I'm like, eh. So now as a rapper, now you lost a ton of respect for me, but I love him as a producer, but as a rapper now, I'm like, eh, okay. Right. It's just I mean, different. granted he is like 65 years old now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jay-Z will be right at 65. Uh, yeah. I guess he doesn't write, you know, it's all in his head or something. I don't remember. It's hard to keep up with these fuckers and their myths. Yeah, I know. And Jay Z, I'll be going for a long time. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, Jay Z has power in his hands. Like, he can make you rich, just like that. Like, just all he has to do is just get on a song with you for ten seconds, and then your song is going to blow up. That's incredible right. power. <laughs> yeah, there's a handful handful of people like that. And Jay Z, I think what I've always I always loved Jay Z when I was growing up. Um, I know I've talked this podcast before, but fucking people can re-listen because it's a podcast with Mo. Um, I, I didn't want to like Eminem because I didn't want to be that white kid who liked the white rapper, and I was just I don't know. I just felt weird about it growing up. So I love Jay Z. Right now, now as an adult, I understand Eminem's great. I and I mean I owned the Marshall Mathers LP and listened to it all. It's not like I didn't have it. You know, I just wasn't going to go out there and be saying like he's my favorite because I knew kids that like that's all they listen to. You yeah, know, and so and I, was, I, I, I can understand it. Right. So, so you, I, you want it to be different. Exactly. So I love Jay-Z. I told everyone I just loved, love Jay-Z, you know, so I've always enjoyed him. But um, now that he's older and he's making music, he's making music for people my age and older, you know, for the most yeah. part. And like this idea, same with video games, you know, we do the same thing. Like people always think of hip hop and video games and these things as, as children's things or things for the youth. But it was. But these people are now growing up. So there's going to come a time mm-hmm. where hip hop is for like a kid all the way through 80 year old, you know, cause just like the yeah. same way old people now listen to music from their time frame. I think it's going to be the same thing. So, um, I don't know. It's just interesting thing of how that, how I think it's all going to grow. I think they'll like someday video game wise, there'll be games that are made for old people and there'll be video games that are made for teenagers <laughs> and there'll be video games made for kids. Yeah. Uh, and I'm laughing because as you're talking, I'm visualizing this stuff in my head. Now my brain works in a funny way. But the way I'm visualizing it just makes me laugh, like with old people in the video games. And you're right. Like, it, it makes sense. It's like it all evolved. They'll be real I, slow. It's kind of hard it's like to wrap you, your head around. You don't have to press the button too fast on the old people games. <laughs> and all the kids are like, this shit's boring. And you're like, you got to think. It's a puzzle. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> well, the brain games are important. So, you know, they don't get a. Uh, It'll get any kind of freaking memory loss, things like that. Right. You got to make sure. I think it makes sense. It makes sense. But I mean, can you imagine like an 80 year old Jay-Z rapping though? Yeah, I kind of can. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett puts out albums every other year, like Lady Gaga. Get on a Tony Bennett right. song. And, all, and Jay, what, is, what stops Jay-Z at 80 from doing the LaRock family 87 or whatever? And they he gets all the rappers on it. But what about, you don't hear Tony Bennett talk about bricks and and shit like that, you know, but Uh, that would be very interesting and we might live to see it. Yeah, I just think we'll have, I hope so. I hope we have more collab albums, you know, in the future from these people. Um, You know what? It would be dope. And I would love to know, can I ask you a question? Something I ponder actually. Yeah, go for it. When did this happen? When did the transition happen that we we became the old heads and like now our hip hop is not with like it's not it no more. Um, I like I when did I when did we become old? For me, now I think you're probably because of the type of music you like. You're like the one generation right before me cuz like I loved Little Wayne, you're yeah. probably like whatever the one right before I'm, me. Is. Yeah, I'm right before you. I'm 36 years old. I'm right before you 90s hip hop shit like that. Yeah, so mm. like, for me, I know it ended when Young Thug came on the scene. So Young Thug okay. became a thing and then all of a sudden people were like the Young Thug's better than Little Wayne and so I would like check him out. And I was like, right. y'all are fucking out your mind. Like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> and now, like, he's thought of as some fucking legend, right? And, like, there are people just a few years younger than me that would call him a legend on the internet. And I'm like, I can't name two songs of his. You know, so yeah, there is, like, some transition there. And I know for me, we called it mumble rap, but it's not. You know, I will, I no, will it's say not it's actually. not mumble rap. Uh, there was some, look, Lil Wayne inspired it all, to be honest. He's like the father of all of this style that I fucking hate, but for whatever reason, love him. And um, they all like are mimicking him, 
they're like doing like a what if I was on lean and you couldn't understand me. So that's where I think we get the right. bumbling rap. And then they start just doing voices, right? So like there's this rapper, Lil Baby, that people are like, he's the new Tupac. And I listen uh, to him and I'm like, I can't. I think y'all just like his voice because it's like different, but like I don't yeah, I don't know. So well, yes, we did definitely became the old heads. I've leaned more into like alternative white people hip hop. I feel like that's more my lane of what I can try to make because like it, even beat wise, like I hate these drill beats where like the snares are off and like the eight oh eights you were like blam 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 and people yeah, are like, We yeah. love that shit. I'm like, oh my God, it sounds horrible. No, it does that's and that's when like that's what kind of makes me bitter because I'm thinking back to like when I was younger and and say like when my parent was parents were listening to the music or whatever and you and you're like, Oh, that sounds terrible and they're like, You don't know nothing about this, you know? And then I find myself talking to my nephew or something, like, You don't know nothing about this and I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. Right. What happened? And I think, as you were saying, you were talking about young thugs. I think my transition somewhere was maybe along the T Pain line. Oh, see, I, I, got, I always love T Pain. And I, <laughs> I love the fact that at this moment, uh, he's been redeemed and now the internet loves him again. And everyone realizes that the music industry <laughs> fucked him over and treated him <laughs> shitty. Uh, but he always had bars and he could always sing. And he literally just stumbled upon an auto-tune setting on a pirated software that, like, took over the whole industry. I just think that's kind of cool. But if you want to say other people using the auto-tune not as well as him ruined it, sure. But I always say T-Pain was a master, you know. Yeah, and and no, no, no. I wasn't saying that T-Pain himself, like, ruined it. I'm saying it was, like, that time frame, like, right in there. Like, you know what it was? It was, like, uh, when they started coming out with the uh, Laffy Taffy. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and Superman and, yeah. uh, you know, that shit, that shit. That's when I was done. The, like, Atlanta dance hip-hop, yeah, I guess, is what yeah, that Yeah, I can't do it. Right. And that's, I think, where my transition happened. Right. Yeah, and I always tell people I I relate the most to like Houston rap, like the Mike Jones Slim Thug era, yeah. like because people around my where I live, that's like people act like that's our hometown music or some shit. I don't understand, but it's like the closest I guess to where we're at. Well, yeah, and yeah. so, uh, but like for you, you know, I'm sure you grew up on all kinds of like Philly rappers that like I'm like barely you know know of. So like, no, your no, influences that you would be different, I would think. My influence are, are different, but it's actually because of the same reason as yours. So, like, now for you, Oklahoma, and then you got Texas there. Okay, so you get them guys, right? For me, I'm close to New York, so I grew up with a lot of New York rappers. Right. So, but but it's funny. See, I have the same weird twist as you. Is like where I grew up with all New York influences, but my favorite rapper is Tupac. <laughs> right. But I love Tupac for other reasons. You know, he was more than just a rapper to me, but that's different that's a different conversation um influences definitely i mean because philadelphia i mean aside from will smith who is really huge like and will smith gets laughed at because he doesn't curse i keep know? thinking like, Benny <laughs> siegel but i'm not like familiar enough yeah. to know if he's from no beanie yeah beanie siegel freeway you got the guys from from rockefeller from back in the day but like there was never anybody huge to come out of philly like philly is known for for boxers more than they are musicians like there is some musicians like you know but is cassidy it's so cassidy yes but see that that that's more of the battle scene i'm not a big battle rapper type of guy right i don't get into that that's always been his thing he was able to put together a few singles with swiss beats it's cool yeah but he does have bars that shit is nuts that's right. <laughs> his punchlines are always insane it's it's different though see and for me i couldn't get into that whole paul wall shit but i do i was always a fan of bun v right yeah, I always love UGK, and I think it's because of Jay Z. Yeah. I mean, I right. just, for whatever right. reason, I just stand Jay Z back in the day. Big um, baby, right? It was such, such <laughs> a good song. Um, but yeah, man, musical influence—I think you're always a fun thing. And I've talked about it many times here, but I was a Napster kid. So like, I had, I got Napster. I got a desktop uh, in my house in sixth grade. So that would have been like I, don't know, I was twelve, probably like two thousand ninety-nine, something around there, you know, and. Uh, I got Napster, so it was like right before they got taken down, and I would just stay on the dial-up internet all night downloading anything, like any song. Oh, yeah. And, but you couldn't only do one or two at a time. Yeah, yeah, you could do a lot. And so it would just download what it could. It was a 56K download speed, you know, real slow. And my mom would wake up at 6 o'clock, pick up the phone, realize I'd done it, wake me up, yell at me. I can't believe you tied up the phone. What if there was an emergency? And, you know, deal with all that. And 
you know, <laughs> looking back, because I wasn't in band and I loved music, but I didn't realize I loved music the way I did, you know, and I would have my friends come over and I would just want to play all the songs I downloaded and go like, you know what song this is? And they'd be like, no. And I would tell them and like, I would just be yeah. so into listening to it. Oh, and like yeah. They just didn't yeah. give a fuck, you know, like, no. you know, and so I was like, oh, I guess I care just a little bit more than y'all about this stuff. Yeah. And then like, you feel like you're annoying them, but you're so passionate about it. Like, right. <laughs> and you want to tell them, I get it. And it reminds me of a meme that I just seen the other day. And it was like, when you show somebody your favorite song and they talk all the way through it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah, worse when it's your thing. song. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like when someone it's comes and sits culture. at this goddamn table I record at and I'm like, Hey, here's yeah. this new song I'm playing. And then like to the second line, they start talking. It's like, yeah. I want to fucking murder you. No, it's such a it's such a slap in the face, you know. It really is. It's so disrespectful. Like I'd rather you just like just slap me. Right. <laughs> just, just slap just, me. Just walk out of the room. All right. Just, <laughs> yeah. just get up and walk out of the room. <laughs> Fuck it. At that point, you might as well. Let's both walk away. I'll go that way, you go this way. <laughs> like what the hell? But it happens. Like, it my, happens a lot. For me anyway. Uh, my bad, I can sidetrack sometimes. I, I I'm like, oh squirrel. Like I, you know, I can go from one topic to the next. That's basically this whole podcast. I mean, I don't have any anything planned, so you know, I think we're doing good. Um, yeah, so off the rails, type. Yeah. So, what else are you into these days? I know you love sports, big sports guy. Yes, which is pretty friggin' brutal to be a Philadelphia sports fan right now. Yeah, um, it's insane because I've never seen anything like it. Um, the mental makeup of Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz at the same time to happen to us and Markel Fultz. We could throw him in the mix too. Yeah. Um, you know, a number one overall pick. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, Wentz and, um, well, all three of them, they're just soft. I don't know why they're so soft, but especially Simmons, that guy, he's never going to be able to walk back in Philadelphia. I don't know how, like, and play on that floor. I, I know he just recently came back, but I, I can't, I can't see how they can play him. That, that crowd is going to tear him a new asshole. Right. I mean, Philly fans don't play. They fuck around and hit him with shit. I don't. <laughs> I would say everyone's handled it pretty poorly. I mean, I just think Philly handled it poorly, or they they couldn't help but to handle it because their fans are so crazy. You know, it's like yeah. there's like no leverage for them to you well, know other team that they want like all these picks because Daryl Morey's crazy. And uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you could ask all that, but no one's going to, and they know you have well, to trade him. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, but when you go into a negotiation, you're going to start high because you're you're going to get, you know, there's going to be counter offers. So you start high so you can go low. Um, I get that part of it. But the one thing I will I don't like is the, the whole fan narrative, because Philly gets such a um, such a bad rep. Like and some of it is warranted. I do agree with that. But really, we are great fans. We're very knowledgeable. Well, We're it, very it depends what you mean by a great fan. See, like, because you're about to say, like, y'all know about sports, and that makes y'all great. I would say, as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, uh, you know, I've been to a couple games, and not saying I love the Oklahoma City Thunder fans because they, like, are so spoiled because the team was always so good. Um, right. But they will cheer everyone as loud as possible, losing or not, till the very – they're, like, the loudest stadium. They're just all supportive of the team. They're all homers. Even watching the local game, the broadcasters are annoyingly homerish. I don't love it, but I could see that like a player, I could see them being like, fuck that. I want to play for someone. They're all going to love me regardless. I mean, I just get the appeal, I guess. No, I mean, I do understand it, but also part of what I was going to say, it's not, it's not that. See, what they do is they hold them players accountable and Joe B gets it because Joe B was like, well, these, these fans, they paid their hard money you know, to watch us play. If, if you don't play well, they're holding you accountable. Like you're getting paid to, to play. They have a job to do, you know? And I, I get that. You know, we do, we're very passionate. We expect our teams to try their best. It's not even that Ben Simmons is losing. It's not that it's that he's not shooting. He's not trying. Like you had a wide open dunk and you passed the ball because you're scared. No, the fans are going to let you hear that because we're all about heart and grit and joy. Like we, we're, it's always been that kind of city. And if you just don't, if you go out and show heart, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Look at Allen Iverson. It didn't matter if he won or he lost. It, he went out and showed heart every night. So that city will always love him. Brian Dawkins. I mean, it's one thing. Brian Dawkins. Oklahoma City heart. loves Russell Westbrook. I mean, even though yeah. he never won, he gave it a hundred percent every night, you know, uh, very AI ish. So I totally get it. Um, 
but I do think like I've never liked Ben Simmons, so I'm totally fine with the you know y'all Sixer fans. Well, he's an arrogant, spoiled bitch. But okay, I didn't <laughs> I didn't like him at LSU because he didn't try, and I was like, well, that's not a good sign. And then I didn't like how he set out his rookie year, and then one rookie of the year when he was a second year player, and. I was like real big on the like, Donovan Mitchell that year. And so like since then, I just for whatever reason didn't like him. And then even Embiid, I know people in Philly love Embiid. I, I don't see it. You know, it's like a, I love the NBA. I watch a lot of it. I don't even get how people are like, he's MVP caliber. I'm like, I guess, I don't know. He just doesn't seem dominant. Like everyone talks about on all these sports radio shows. To me. Yeah. You know what it is? It's, it's awkward to watch so it's not like you're getting finesse you're not nobody's used to a center in this day and age in the nba dominating the game because you know I mean, and i'm not saying joe mb does dominate the game he's, he's not the best player in the game is he the best center in the game yes nah, i got Jokic, but, but they're close but i yeah i mean well Jokic did you know there, it was tight for both of them this year i'll give you that um Jokic is very good but i mean of course i'm going to be a little bit of a homer and right. pull well, it's what party, style but, you prefer to but i mean i think they're both yeah good. No, I, they really are. They are. I'll take any, either one of them and not complain. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But uh, Embiid, I, it's weird. Like, everything he does because he's so lanky, it's so awkward looking. And, like, I don't know. And it's a center, so he's not going to get the attention. But, I mean, Jokic did win MVP, so it can't be the center thing. I, and Philly, we are homers, though. We are homers. And that that can come to a fault. Like I, I protected the shit out of Ben Simmons and now I made it myself. I'm like, he was a bitch the whole time. <laughs> like, you know, like I protected that bitch. <laughs> I mean, um, well, I think that's how, you know, you're a real fan, you know? Cause like, I think of myself as like a real thunder fan. And I yeah. when like, when we had Westbrook, I, I mean, I loved every, all these things yeah. about him, but it was also extremely frustrating to watch him jump straight up and break a, 13 foot jump shot in the fourth quarter, whenever there's like right. a wide open, you know, like there were things that were so frustrating that you're yes. like, how can, can we get rid of him though? Like, I mean, what could we get for? And so like when they did, I was like, yeah, that's kind of okay. Yeah. And he's such a, like, he's such a talented athlete. Right. And he's, I, he's actually not a bad person. Like he, you know, he gives his shoes to kids and he likes to donate charity and stuff like that. Like, but his, his friggin' attitude, man. I can't stand it. He's, he comes off like such a prick, you know, like such an asshole. And um, I just don't like that. But I, other than that, I mean. Yeah, well, know. to me, I think the kind of nail in the coffin, and it was, you know, it was the end of this Oklahoma City run with the Westbrook and all that, was, you know, him and Dame kind of went back and forth. And Dame is so cool. Like, he has such a cooler demeanor, yeah. you know. Right. And, uh, like, he won. He won in that, like, you know, 30-foot fucking dagger to end the game where jo- Paul George said it. That wasn't bad defense. And it's like, well, if he hit yeah. a fucking shot, you know, and all that shit happened. But it was like after Westbrook was talking all this shit and he yells and he gets up in people's face, but he, can, he couldn't ever back it up, you know? And so it, mm-hmm. after a while, it kind of would grade on you as a fan of like, man, quit talking shit. You're not, you're right. not winning these. Like, you know, yeah. you're not going to outshoot and, him. See, and I can feel you on that one because we also have a player to talk shit and be, he talks shit, you know? So it's like, ah, oh, shut up unless you going to back it up. Like, <laughs> but it is fun. I mean, it is all fun. Uh, it is. And I, I you love guys, having a rebuilding team at the moment myself. I think it's I'm cool with it. You're okay. I mean, look, I went through the process, quote unquote, for however many years that lasted. Beat me in the head with that shit. Um, you know, I had to I had to watch them trot out fucking <laughs> development league talent for four years. So I, it's brutal. You know, I I can't do that again anytime soon. For you guys, I would be frustrated to go through that because like. I, I it's so mind blowing to think back that you had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, you know, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, like and got nothing to show for it. Right. Like I, I think it's about the same as, as the Embiid Simmons thing, uh, to me. Because Russell Westbrook was not a big prospect. I mean, he turned into one for sure, but um, yeah. I think it all makes sense for me as a fan of like, well, obviously Kevin Durant didn't want to keep playing with Russell Westbrook because he wasn't a very smart basketball player. Right. Like, I don't know. I think it all came down to something that simple. And then people yeah. misremembered a lot, but James Harden, it became, it was between Harden or Ibaka. Now, of course, now you're like, how do you not say Harden? But at that time right. in the NBA, uh, a power forward that was blocking every shot that came his way and could hit threes was yeah. like a fucking rarity big deal no it was it was a treasure you're absolutely and then right like there, yeah. in two years all of a sudden it was like yeah no one likes those guys anymore um, <laughs> can we get you, Harden back yeah and so it was weird now they could have they could have spent extra money went in the tax and i think in hindsight they would have to get to keep Harden. Well, but i mean it's hindsight's sure. always 2020 man right 
Uh, but I, it's still fun. You know, like I try to, you know, my last week I had a, an awesome NBA dude on to talk about basketball and shit. And I told him like, you know, I wouldn't trade anything. I, I think it was all really fun making it into the finals the year we did and be always being in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it makes it, it's just enjoyable. Like I would much rather that than like, I don't know, like I'm not, you know, you're not the Kings, you know, you're not like never making the playoffs and shit. Right. like enjoy it. Well, see, I agree with that a hundred percent as somebody that like, you know, Philly, like I said, we already know they're passionate. So like to be let down every year, that shit is disappointing, you know, but, but when they just make a run, when they make a run, you know, when they're consistent, like the, the Philadelphia Eagles in the two thousands, like with Andy Reid and McNabb and shit, like we knew every year they were going to be good. Like they, they had a chance, right. Like as long as you know they're good and they have a chance, then you can watch and be entertained. But when they're, they're trash, it's like, you don't even want to turn it on. It's like they're trotting bullshit out there. It's like, disrespectful as a fan like what do you i'm not watching that like right <laughs> you know like i don't know it's it's different i i don't know i i don't know if i could watch oklahoma right now but i will i will thank you so much for taking al horford thank you i mean hey i think they ended up <laughs> trading back to the celtics and they got some shit for it you know they're yeah. just a dumping spot for contracts at the moment i yeah yeah pretty much but i, I was so happy to get rid of that one because him and him and Embiid, i don't know why they thought that would well, ever work for people don't remember and i only you know i listen to all these fucking nba podcasts the year before they got him it's because horford was the only person that could stop and beat in the playoffs he like locked and beat up that's why they signed him people act like well, they did it for some other reason but it's like they did it to eliminate to take him off the board <laughs> Yeah, to like to get rid of the competition, but he didn't fit into their scheme at all. Whatever yeah. that scheme was, because Brett Brown was on some dumb shit. But um, yes, yeah, whatever, like, you like Doc Rivers? Is that a uh, for you? I've never enjoyed uh, him. I think I don't think uh, I don't know if it's just his voice or whatever. But he always yeah talks like he's so good. I'm like, man, you got a Boston Celtics championship, so you got that one. I get it, but you've gotten fucked up in the playoffs many a time. Yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. Like his track record is actually, in my opinion, is more bad than good. I agree. Um, and he is known to do exactly what the fucking Sixers did last year and just collapse. He's known to do shit like that with his teams. You know, the Clippers have done it. And I mean, the Clippers always underperform, but that's a different story too. Um, I don't know how I feel about Doc Rivers. It was it was nice at first to get a big name in there, but really I think it was more so that I I was ready for two three years to get rid of Brett Brown already. You know what I mean? Like so, just getting Doc Rivers was so refreshing. Same thing as like the Phillies with baseball. Like when they got Joe Girardi, it's so refreshing. But now I'm looking back at both of them already, and they've only been here a year, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I think you guys got to go. And I texted you last night about the Eagles because their coach, he got to go too. But uh, Didn't they just get a new coach at the Eagles. Yeah, he's got to go, man. He's <laughs> running like a high school. He's running like a high school offense in the pros. It's bad. Right. Yeah, you have Jalen Hurts. I was really surprised. I, I've been a Jacksonville Jaguar fan since I was about eight years old. Seven. Now, how like did that. that happen? Please inform me of this. Um, because where I live, everyone loves the Dallas Cowboys, which is the worst team to cheer for out of any team that ever existed, Thank in you. my opinion. And uh, as a Philadelphia fan, I hug you. Thank I you. went. I mean, I went to a Dallas Cowboy game. I had all the you know the the jersey, and I had like a Deion Sanders bandana, and you know I was like a little fucking cowboy fan for there. Uh, but then. When I just one day I decided I got tired, I got tired how braggy they were. You know, this is the same yeah. reason I didn't like Michael Jordan growing up. I love him now. I think he's great. But growing up, I just couldn't like someone who was like everyone Coffee. loved him. You know, everyone just loved Michael Jordan. Everyone loved the Dallas Cowboys. And I just couldn't be one of those kids. And so I just didn't want to like the Cowboys. And I looked at the TV and Jacksonville was playing. And I told my grandfather who loved the Cowboys that that team's my favorite team because their jerseys were kind of green. I mean, that was the only reason. Wow. And uh, well, you could have went with the Eagles at that point. Yeah, but they weren't <laughs> but, on the TV right. that day. And uh, well, so Mark Brunel, right? Mark Brunel, Fred, uh, Fred Taylor, all them. They were. I love that team. I think it was the AFC Championship game. They went like their second year to the AFC Championship game. And so I think that was the game we were watching. I just was like, that's my team. And uh, I stayed with it forever. So my grandfather had season tickets hey. to the Cowboys, and he would take me whenever the Jacksonville would come into Dallas, you know, so I went to a couple games and uh, I was kind of into it. I don't really care about the NFL at all these days. I got out of fancy football last year was the first year I didn't play. And I was like, wow, I love not giving a fuck about any of this. Cause I played fancy football yeah. since I was like 13. You know, I got been doing yeah, that shit it's, forever. It's, it's stressful. 
Yeah, I mean, fuck yeah, it is. And it's like all this extra shit to do during the week and like oh, yeah. Tuesday waiver wires. And like, I don't. Yeah, think I was just about to say waiver wire, waiver wire. I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, injury reserve. Injury, oh, oh, Russell Wilson. Because I just lost Russell Wilson. I just lost uh, Logan, whatever his name is, from the Washington football team. I, I keep losing players and I got to keep up with it. And then I don't know about you, but I'm in three leagues right now. I'm not used to that. I usually only do one or two. I got in over my head. Right. So uh, I did not. Someone's asked me to do fantasy basketball, which I've always wanted to, but never done. Or I've been uh, in like 10 years because the last time I tried, they had a horrible system they do. I'm like, why not just average the week and do it like football? And it's just whatever their average is for all the games. I don't know. I think there should be some easier way to do this. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I've kind of get up on, on football in general, but I enjoyed the year Jacksonville, you know, a few years ago was doing good. And then it just all fell apart. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of done. And then everyone tells me I need to get back on because Trevor Lawrence, I don't watch college football, so I don't know how good he's supposed to be, but he ain't winning games to my knowledge. So. No, he's not. He's the number one pick. He's supposed to be great. But, you know, first year's rough. You never know. That's crazy, though, how you guys fell apart so fast. I know. Uh, AFC Championship, and then the very next year, you were trash. I love Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts was one of my favorite players, and all of a sudden, he was like, I hate this team. Trade me. And I was, or not Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. And I was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now no Jaylen one even Ramsey. hears from him. And he was like a no? big deal when he was on Jacksonville's team. No, he's a, he's another guy who had a lot of mouth, so, you know, another one that, that talks a lot of cocky. But I mean, he did back it up, so. right? So it, that it was fun. I mean, and if you don't hear his name, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he's still doing his job. <laughs> but I mean, I guess in football, it's more so good when you don't hear the offensive lineman's name than anybody else. Though. For sure. And so baseball, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't kept up with baseball many many years, uh, but I do remember when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, and then they immediately started to suck, right? More or less, was that? <laughs> no, they they've been terrible for over ten years now. Okay. They were signing Bryce Harper to try and get better, but the problem is that their farm system is trash and they don't have the they don't have good pitching. They they're they need like two or three more starting pitchers. They only got one or two good starting pitchers and their bullpen is terrible. And it's been that way for a long time. Ever since like the Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, you know, that era ended, you know, back in 2010, 11. They've been trash ever since. They've been bad. They tried to get Bryce Harper, and then they traded for JT Romuto. And, I mean, the team is okay, and they would be good. Like, the offense is there, but they need better defense, and they're pitching. They just can't get over that. And every year they get so close to making the playoffs, but that pitching comes back to bite you. I mean, it's like being in the NFL, not having a quarterback. You're not going to get anywhere. Right. Makes sense. Um, Yeah, someday, maybe. Philly will all be aligned, you know, and you'll be happy. A sport. Probably not. And then by the time it happens, I'm going to be living in North Carolina. <laughs> oh. Is that the plan at the moment? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be moving um, to North Carolina by next month. Oh, hell yeah. What's in North Carolina? Yeah. Nothing, nothing special, man, but that's actually why we just want to go start over, start fresh. I want to go like a little bit down South, but not too down South. Right. Um, it's it's like a six and a half hour drive, so I can always ride back to Philly when I need to. Um, it's not terrible, you know. It's not a terrible drive. The biggest part of it is Virginia. Fucking hate Virginia. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody. It's just peaceful down there. It's quiet. It's clean. The people are nice. It's a change of pace, you know, which is going to be hard for me because on the East Coast, you know, in the Northeast part of the country, everything's hustle bustle, right. you know, fast. And when you go down south, everything is slow. Hurry up and wait. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Even to like uh, a more micro level, like I went and saw my my parents yesterday, um, and so my hometown is like two thousand people, maybe you know, maybe smaller. So like my graduating high school class was like twenty eight people, I think. So so everyone, wow. that's like a general idea of how I grew up. And uh, wow. You know, it is really slow. And so, like, and I'm in a town now that's like 20,000 people, which is a huge, it's like a small college town. And, um, and yeah. I could be wrong on that number, but like, you know, like there's a Walmart and we got, you know, 20 fucking fast food places and way different than the place right. I grew up in. And anyway, so I go home and like I'm at a stop sign and the cars are just moving so slow that I'm like, yeah. there was never a time I couldn't have gone, you know, because I'm just <laughs> so, even in this kind of small college town I'm in, it's so much faster than that small town, you know? And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I felt like I was fucking sawing the hedgehog driving around yeah. everywhere. And I feel like, Oh my God, I'm gonna get fucking pulled over for speeding or something. Yeah, dude, you should see me in North Carolina try to drive. I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm looking, there's not even any speed limit signs. Cause it's this tiny little town. 
And I'm like, I don't even know. I'm just flying through the town. Like, whatever. Right. <laughs> like, fuck it. You know? But um, I when I was in Oklahoma, I was in Norman. Norman? Yeah, that's where my wife's from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's where I was at. And um, we went to some little bar place, like a little bar restaurant. And I don't remember. It was dark. But uh, we were there for a while. And, uh, dude, I was up all night. And we were just partying all night. And I remember the next thing you know, the sun was out. And I just said, I got to go to bed. And that was it. It was a very long night. And it was a very long plane ride back. <laughs> and I'm not sure when I'll be back to Oklahoma, but I will not party like that again when I come. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah, people can definitely party here if you want. That's yeah, I mean, I guess because there ain't shit else to do, right? So yeah, just well, party. They all just love college football until they're so used to just day drinking and tailgate and then you know, all that stuff that it just, well, dude, as, as soon as I got there, he puts his hand out and he goes, here, take this. I'm like, what's that? He's like, Molly. I was like, Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Man. Yeah. Well, oh, we okay. also, yeah, we have the highest rate of prescription drug use, I think, or we did for a long time. I think some other States caught up. Um, yeah, it's, I, I lost you. So yeah. yeah, it sounded crazy. Like you were in a submarine or some shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think happened? My wife took my car to pick my son up because I told her I was on the phone call and uh, she went to go pick him up. She just pulled up and the, the phone tried ah, to connect Bluetooth. to my car. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Mm-hmm. She was probably heard me be That's like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. You know, cussing <laughs> to your kid. That's funny as hell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I don't have much else to talk about. Uh, I was going to, at the end of this, play your new song. We have a few friends that have some playlists on Spotify and stuff. So I think. With fingers crossed, we can at least get you some plays, you know, yeah. get you a little traction there. And, uh, you know, when do you have plans for when your next song's coming out and all that? Or are you just kind of going by? Yeah, you know, what happens? I'm on a, I'm not sure on that one yet. I, I'm going to, once I get it all mixed, I'm going to sit down. Like, I, I plan on, because my wife's been so supportive through this process, I, I want to include her with, with some of the things because she's really excited about it, you know? Um, so I'm going to ask her, you know, we're going to listen to a song together and I'm going to say, you know, what do you think? Should I put this out? Should I save it for your album and just let it be for now or, you know, and take it from there. But my, my, before I go, I will say, you know, yeah, once again, rhythm and booze drops tonight. Um, I'm excited about that because that song is very personal to me. And we spoke about vulnerability earlier. I, um, the lyrics in that song, I don't think he can be any more vulnerable in a song. Um, but the the idea is in February 26th, which is actually the anniversary of my sister's, uh, well, it's my sister's birthday who passed away. And that's, I went to rehab on her birthday because I got really, really drunk. And that's when I decided to get my life together. And um, I have my one year sobriety. I want to have an album out. And I, you know, I don't know how many songs exactly yet. Um, me and you will go through that process because it will be produced by you, sir. Um, and I'd like to do that and uh, and get that out and have it released on my one year date of, uh, you know, being clean from alcohol. I think that'll be something. It'll make it more meaningful for me. So that's the goal moving forward. And uh, keep you updated on the process, you know? For sure. And it's for everyone to know out there, because it took me a while to realize this, an album is seven tracks long, according to all these streaming sites. So if you put out something that's less than seven songs, it'll say it's an EP. So, I I mean, I think an EP is fine or whatever. It's just, I know me personally, I've told people like this album or this EP, and then it ends up being the other (laughs) one because it's over that many or under that many tracks. So I figured it, it will be at least 10 songs. I can say that. I would make it at least 10. Yeah, uh, I'm currently, I have about three or four projects in my mind that I want to work on, but it's always hard when you have that many mentally started, you know, you're like, fuck, I got to get something down on, like really make some shit. Exactly. You got to start prioritizing and like knocking something out the way so you can work on the next one. And that I found myself doing that. Like I didn't even record a second song and I was working on a third and a fourth song. Like, all right, let me reel it in for a second. You know, like, so Today, I knocked out the second song, so tonight, right. I'm going to work on the third song, and uh, that's going to have a nice bass line in it, thanks to you for working oh, yeah. on that. Yeah, we just <laughs> and um, I'll have to get you on Internet Friends for, I'm not sure if you're familiar or no, but I have this whole collab album series I do called Internet Friends, and I've done three of them so far, so we'll definitely get you on the fourth one of those, because I've got a beat uh, folder started for those, so I'm going to start sending out emails to friends soon uh, 
Uh, what I do is I have someone choose a beat. You make a song, leave me an open verse in it back, and I'll finish it. And then we put a whole album of that out, and it's it's great. Um, so oh, I want to make okay. that. Uh, I have I you know I need to make another solo album eventually. I think, and then I kind of want to make a freestyle album, which is gonna be really hard because I haven't freestyled really in like a decade. Um, but I think I could do it like little Wayne, like where I just punch in, like just sit here, think of a line, punch it in, think of a line. Like, yeah. I would love to try it to see what I could do. And then that uh, is interesting. My homie CJ Jones out of Missouri, me and him have joked around about uh, doing a collab album. And I started calling him Siege recently. And so I think we're going to try to do this like Siege and Mo sort of buddy, buddy cop album i don't know it's it's a oh, weird a good cop egg cop yeah we're gonna figure something out we're gonna figure something out he can like sing and do real shit you know so i feel like we could figure out some uh fun stuff that sounds dope you gotta keep me updated on that guy. yeah so those are my all everything i have in my head we'll see what happens um and then of course everyone you know be on the lookout for your shit in february and you know we'll try to have you back on before then you know to to let everybody know oh, yeah. absolutely i'm sure and i'm sure i'll have more sports stuff to talk to you know the season's just getting underway dude Right. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to basketball season. That's my favorite sport. It's the only thing I follow. You know, you can put it on a Tuesday on a TNT and just ah, oh, it's great. Love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It is. All right, Wayne. I uh, appreciate you being on here and uh peace. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. I appreciate the time, man. And just who club I belong to back home. It's it's like the alcoholics anonymous. <laughs> Seems all of my problems come down on one thing Side a bottle, I found bottom, now I'm proud to be clean My self-esteem's back, got no shame or regret No waking body aching while you're shaking your sweat No wishing it'll overtake you cause you're facing your death And I could tell you I was depressed but I'd be wasting my breath Damn. Addiction got a grip, twisted tight like vice grips This a fiction for addiction, must go missing for life slips No more missions to the bars, getting twisted on night trips Driving swiftly and swerving, hoping no cops light flips To me there's no wrong and no thoughts how good my life is Or to call from the law to tell my wife I'm lifeless Always laughed at the path to shine bright in the righteous As a kid I never thought that my life would be like this alcohol rang and called and we talking all night since i hung up the other night the will to fight i might swing i might miss but i'm here to clear my sight can carry on like this man you know it's right tip just go 30 days or it'll all disappear everything you hold dear you came too far to get here man your whole life was hard go lose it all on a beer but when you already lost it all you lose sight of what's here now my body's feeling better and my mind is getting clear to the messes and the message and the shit is so sincere we traveled Different paths, different upbringings, and drug binges. But we here for the same shit. We at the end of our wits and feel like we ain't shit. Check habits as an addict, but what's sad is we can't quit. When we outside, we outside as judge and we can't fit. Life's a damn trip, you can slip in quicksand quick. Rubber band grip to bounce back my grown man tip. But understand this, I might be missing some screws and we might differ on views because I'm different than yous. But take a walk with me, you can't fit in these shoes. But keep on sleeping on me, keep on hitting the snooze. Drinking's the only thing I'm quitting Step one's admitting I lose I restored my sanity But here's the difference, it's true I'm now my alcoholic mind And it's that rhythm and blues